Hello friends, welcome back. Um taking it a little easy this week. Uh basically we're gonna, you know, explore a fairly recent uh horror film title. Uh, essentially eagerly awaiting a certain one to get released so I can watch that potential best picture Oscar nomination. But either way, um as I as I you know, I'm, I'm patiently waiting. Uh, had to check out uh, As Above, So Below. Um, I'd heard about it, but at the time, found footage was so fucking overused. Um, I just couldn't stand to even deal with watching it. Um, essentially, you know, we just got a paranormal activity, all that crap. Um, and I just, yeah, this just felt like it was going to be another one of those. Um, kind of sad I didn't because I definitely loved some aspect of this um it's especially clever um but the delivery eh, a little lackluster at moments um but i guess it's not entirely their fault but we'll definitely unpack it um so the 2014 American horror film written and directed by John Eric uh, DeWolf uh, and co-written by his brother Drew. Um, total family affair. So it's, uh, you know, without further ado, let's check out the trailer. My name is Scarlett Marlowe and I'm a student in urban archaeology. 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history. How are we supposed to get down there? The catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. They're holding the remains of six million corpses. Stop. This is the empire of the dead. These are human bones. We go through here. Let's do it. Keep it slow and steady, yeah? I think I'm stuck. Just breathe with me, please. It's okay. What was that? Just go in a circle. It's exactly the same. No, everything's upside down. What happened to the entrance? Wait, there's something here. Oh my god. What the hell is this? When I was a kid, we had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. According to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell. And they should be made to crawl on their bellies and enter the kingdom of darkness. Did you hear that? It 
I love how that trailer, like, once you actually see the film and then you rewatch the trailer, you realize that they actually spoil everything. Ah, but they, of course, give you no explanation. Um, so, uh, you kind of have to watch the film, but it's truly interesting. It, uh, found footage, documentary style. Um, essentially, we've got this little crew, um, and, uh, they're, tasked with exploring the catacombs of Paris. Why? Because our heroine Scarlett Marlowe, um, this like epitome of like perfect woman, um, but uh, we'll get into that. Essentially she, you know, she's on the hunt for uh, Nicholas Flamel Stone uh, and or as we Harry Potter fans know it, uh, the Philosopher's Stone. Um, and essentially we're going to see what hijinks we get into. And uh, produced by Legendary Pictures, distributed by Universal, and was actually the first deal struck up between the two. So very legendary. Um, but uh, essentially pretty successful deal considering, and uh, we'll definitely get into the dollar amounts. Um, only thing I couldn't find was how much it cost for them to film this. It's pretty curious, but eh, what do you do? Either way, guys, uh, released August 29, 2014, um, with a mixed bag of cast members, and nobody truly recognizable. Uh, I feel definitely um, kind of this, you know, universal casting call went out, and uh, essentially, you know, who they got did a great job and we'll definitely unpack that. So as I said, we have our heroine, Scarlett Marlowe. She's incredibly brilliant. She speaks four languages, six of them dead, whatever the case may be. She's an adventure seeker and she is willing to risk life and limb uh, for her craft. Uh, we see this early on in Iran um, where essentially she leaves it to the very last nick of time before she gets out of there trying to get pictures um, for the the key to essentially find Nicholas Vimel's uh, Philosopher's Stone. Um, now, as I said, she will do anything for this quest. Um, it sounds extremely cheesy when you kind of write it down, but when you get into this film, it's got kind of a dark tone to it, and this all has to do with the fact that her dad killed himself for the damn thing. So, I mean, you kind of get her obsession, um, but at the same time, kind of killing herself for it, I was sitting there like, really? Um, it just, to me, it seemed really crazy. Um, later, though, we you know, or essentially con her demeanor, her quest for adventure is uh, confirmed when we meet her friend, uh, colleague, and previous lover, uh, George, um, who essentially he mentions their time in Turkey quite often. Um, and uh, she's, you know, apologizing constantly for, I guess, leaving him in a prison, so on and so forth. I mean, that'd be enough for me to totally cut someone off if you leave me in a prison in Turkey. Um, but obviously he loves this woman because he agrees to join her quest um, to help, you know, help her translate this dead language. Um, and essentially the new evidence that she has, this is, you know, truly astonishing to him as she believes the stone is about 370 feet below the grounds in, uh, below the ground in the catacombs of Paris. Um, and uh, essentially we see them earlier on trying to enter with like a tourist group realizing of course the section they wish to get to is shut off it's completely closed down so this is when she has to recruit a stranger uh papillon and his friends uh susie and zed um essentially 
they're, you know, hooked into the idea that there is treasure beyond their wildest dreams, um, you know, in this cave. So, of course, totally agreed to bring uh, to bring her in and uh, help her find uh, to find the stone. So they enter the cave, um, kind of pushed into it, uh, essentially, because George was having no action down there. He's, you know, claustrophobic, lost his brother in a cave. Um, but shit goes downhill right away. Uh, essentially, the police officer interferes um and uh you know the tension just builds from there um once they enter i mean we have this phone ringing there's voices this cult chanting um truly bizarre uh essentially you know papillon just totally washes it off like not a big deal but us the viewer see it's the woman from before um you know kind of mysterious but weird we don't ever explore that again which kind of I was a little disappointed. Um, as they go deeper, they're deciphering riddles. Um, kind of interesting how this neat little history tie-in. Um, and uh, essentially, you know, the part Scarlet wants to enter, according to her maps, uh, the re- the group totally denies uh, entry because of their friends, uh, the Mole or the Taupe, uh, who uh, essentially disappeared entering that cave. Um, and they just, they want nothing to do with it. But they go through this little entryway to be just totally circled back. And, you know, there's really no answer to this. It's just and again, unfortunate circumstances. So da 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 da, they enter the evil cave to find who? The taupe. There he is, apparently just hanging out, licking. I don't know what to survive down there. Um, but he seems a little passive aggressive with the group, but essentially d- decides that yeah, I'll help you guys find your way out of here. But the only way out is down. Um, kind of, I don't know, I'll admit, I was kind of creeped out at this point. I was like, what the fuck is happening? So we get down even further. We find the Knights Templar. We've found Flamel's kind of secret chamber and shit seriously goes downhill again when the cave collapses because the treasure was a total trap. Um, But lo and behold, Scarlet has her damn stone. Um, So she kind of saves one of the members and we move on from there, even though poor Mole is totally know crushed underneath all that damn stone and uh they kind of have this little moment panicking and this is when you know tension starts to build as the group you know claustrophobia is kicking in it's it's just that entire mix that happens in a you know life-threatening circumstance but we find our escape and there's this whole history explanation that's pretty cool and uh essentially through here this is when we realize that Essentially, they're entering the gates of hell because, of course, we're going to start quoting Dante's Inferno. Um, And uh, it's the same quote we hear in the trailer, lo and behold. Um, And uh, as they go in further, uh, this is when, again, shit really hits the fan. uh, Because, of course, this is when the members seem to be picked off one by one. So starting with uh, Susie, uh, who runs into, of course... La Taupe out of nowhere and again it's just one of those circumstantial things as the viewer we just kind of have to just brush it off I guess uh, but lo and behold he attacks her um, and uh, the real death that caught my attention was Papillon uh, his demise with that burning car was pretty insane uh, just to be sucked in with the only thing remaining is you know basically the need of foot region being planted it's just truly creepy with some great imagery and uh 
poor Scarlett, George, and Zed have no choice but to go even deeper. Um, and this is when they run into this weird demonic humanoid creature in a chair. Um, I mean, the walls are like all the freaking tormented faces. Um, and poor George is attacked. His throat's kind of ripped out. And he's dying in Scarlett's arms. She's trying her stone. Nothing works. And this is when he mutters in like a bloody mess, vitriol. And again, we have another one of these little history lessons. And I, I'm sounding like I don't like the history lessons. I actually really did. Um, but each one, you know, there's so many little notes to add. We'd be here all night if I tried to unpack them. Um, but of course, this is when Scarlet realizes retrification is our uh, our main note um, and uh, essentially has to run back returning the stone um, and answering kind of another riddle all in itself. Where's the stone? What is it? It's inside her. Uh, again, I guess circumstance, right? We just don't get to really question it. Um, so she returns to heal George with her hands, um, but realizing along the way this is essentially all about redemption. Her and her father, George and his brother, um, you know, we have the little moment with her and her dad as she apologizes for not picking up the phone before he killed himself. Uh, we learn a little more about George's brother, how he left him there, and of course with Zed and his bastard son. Uh, essentially, they have to, you know, sort of announce their sins for on a, sort of forgiving themselves before they jump down the main well and uh, essentially finding a manhole which is completely backwards they have to push themselves out to basically find themselves on the streets of Paris with the Notre Dame in the background it's kind of beautiful at the same time uh, George and Scarlett hold each other and Zed sort of walks off in the distance just happy to be alive um sounds so lame when you kind of write it all down but when you watch it it's actually pretty good I really kind of enjoyed everything even though it was really cheesy when you sort of break it down even though the beginning was really slow building there for a while um but the cast they did a wonderful job I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly but Perdita Weeks as Scarlet and uh, Ben Feldman George I absolutely loved their dynamic the two of them did a wonderful job um and I did find out that Ben Feldman did suffer from claustrophobia while filming so pretty insane uh of course Edwin Hodge is Benji our cameraman France who I sadly did not mention who serves a really big role through this film uh Francis Civil as Papillon um Marlon Lem Lambert as Susie really not a big deal she was kind of like a red shirt from Star Trek for me same with Zed although I was surprised to see he made it to the very very end um and uh the Latope character um just he was just eerie but did a very good job at keeping that eerie atmosphere through each one of his little appearances <clears throat> now I did find out for production wise because I was very curious would France let them film in the catacombs uh just because that's almost, you know, it's like their heritage. And lo and behold, they totally let them, let them, uh, which, you know, definitely, I think, helped add to this film, definitely add to the atmosphere. I mean, it left the actors with very little props, but the setting they were in would definitely help, you know, kind of add to your character, add to what you're, you know, doing in the whole, the whole feel of the film. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, adding so many difficulties. I mean, there's no electricity down there, so everything had to be basically battery run, if not having long extension cords. And of course, no cell phone service down there. So whatever you needed, make sure you brought it because 
I don't even know if the radios would have worked. I mean, it's so deep underground. Uh, distribution, um, essentially, this was announced April 24, 2014, to be released later that August. Um, and uh, produ- basically promoted by YouTuber P.Dye Pi um, and his wife um, as they did kind of a little tour of the catacombs with things jumping out and scaring them the- along the way. Now, it's too bad. I mean... The 90 minutes or so, whatever this film is, it's definitely enjoyable. But when you look at the reception of it, 26% Rotten Tomatoes, it's essentially 4.42 out of 10. Very much unfavorable reviews. Um, People did not like it. Um, But essentially, I mean, altogether, I didn't find it too bad, like I was saying. Um, Although Peter Bradshaw and The Guardian said there are some interestingly conceived moments of claustrophobia and surreal lunacy but this cliched and slightly hand-me-down script neither scares nor amuses very satisfyingly uh, stings and uh, the only kind of nice sort of positive review came from uh, terry staunton um from uh, Radio Times basically stating it's a perfectly serviceable addition to the found footage genre of chillers from director co-writer Eric Uh, John Eric Dowdle um, from Devil, who puts cameras in each character's helmet, allowing quick cuts from one scene to another. But despite despite the claustrophobia of the setting, he never quite racks up enough tension of full-on fright fest. Um, And that, I kind of agree. I never really at any point was like, oh my god. Um, You know, I was just kind of like, oh shit, that's crazy. And that's kind of the same, you know, essence that it keeps throughout the entire film. But Either way, considering the numbers show that it didn't do too well, 8.3 million opening weekend grows 40 million worldwide. Uh, Like I said, I don't know what the final cost was filming this, but I have a feeling it wasn't very much. So I think they did, they did pretty well. Um, And that's the joy of found footage films. I mean, they're really cheap to make um, and uh, essentially you're going to make money in the theater. So there's always big profits at hand. Um, Personally, like I said, guys, I loved the history component Uh, to have the Philosopher's Stone. I mean, you definitely got my attention. I'm a Harry Potter nerd going way, way back. Um, So I don't know if that's what kind of kept me hooked the entire time. Um, But this, I don't know, it kind of felt like an Indiana Jones meets a horror film. It just had this neat spin. Um, Like I said, the actors, they did a great job um, considering what they're working with. Um, It just you know, there's not a whole lot going on there. They definitely built on it. Uh, some great imagery, intense sound effects. Um, but basically I found this film very reliant on jump scares. Um, and essentially that's pretty much the last 30 minutes of the film. Um, the rest was just sort of this slow build. And as I was saying through the plot, uh, you know, they essentially had this sort of constant set of circumstances that you could never truly question um I guess we'll call it the excuse um you know this excuse comes out throughout the film um and in their case they're blaming the setting um and well we can blame the setting it basically allows the writers to do whatever the fuck they want and as the audience you know whatever questions we may have we're left going it's hell. There's no physics here. There's nothing we really have to explain. You are in the depths of fucking hell. Um, and you know, that's it. So we've kind of seen this all before. Um, and it is a lot of, you know, the same kind of generic cliche. Um, but at the same time, it was, 
enjoyable. It wasn't so bad. I've definitely had way, way worse uh, films when it comes to having what I feel like is totally an expendable cast. At no point was I truly concerned if any of these guys died. Well, maybe at the end, if George died, I hope Scarlett went with him. Because you could, you know, you felt the love there. Um, but I feel like Eli Ross' quote comes into play here. Um, you know, if you... if you find a horror movie scary, um, you know, I'm butchering this quote, by the way. Um, uh, but if you, uh, you want to make a movie not scary, essentially cover your ears, not your eyes. Um, and this definitely, definitely applies to this film. Um, the claustrophobia aspects, the evil, all of that wouldn't really truly bug you so much if you weren't listening to that eerie soundtrack in the background. And even the trailer does a great job of capturing what you're going to deal with for about 90 minutes. The found footage, though, I really enjoyed it. They had some neat cuts, like with the cameras on uh, on everyone's head. It was just truly enjoyable. There's definitely some way worse um, found footage out there. Um, but I feel like this film is essentially a found footage film for found footage film lovers. Uh, it's cliche, as we've said, but it uses, you know, tactics to keep the fan hooked. It's a slow burn, um, but it's definitely worth it till the end. As I was saying, guys, the history tie-in loved it. And as a huge fan of books, as my Instagram followers can definitely let you know, uh, Dante's Inferno tie-in. I thought it was cool. Um, and uh, just, you know, basically going further down, you know, the gravity switches and uh, it just constantly tie in and, uh, you know, it's brought up throughout the film. But the main theme here is redemption and faith. Uh, it's very straightforward um, and might be exactly why the critics had, you know, definitely didn't like it. There was no thought process behind it. Um, and when you're basically going to, you know, kind of approach this in mind with this film, it basically leaves us with Latope being kind of that soul in purgatory. It's the first ring of hell looking out. Um, Papillon, um, you know, he's essentially a cleric. He's selling his, he's selling his skills for money. Um, and these greedy actions definitely, you know, are confirmed in the cave. That's the whole reason everything collapses. And he, of course, denies his actions, um, with the car accidents. And this is why he's sucked in. Um, and because of that, it's the same punishment in the eighth circle of hell in Dante's Inferno. And, uh, as for the demon at the very end, to me, I honestly at first thought it was totally the devil. Um, as I said, guys, this is good fun. It is a really good use of 90 minutes. Um, it's just overall a great, not a great film, but overall pretty good one. You know, it's not gonna, you're not gonna want to probably watch it over and over again. But at the same time, if you've got nothing else to do, or perhaps you're kind of looking to fall asleep, this is definitely the film for you doesn't require a lot of brain power so guys thank you so much for listening if it wasn't for you guys this would all be pointless um if of course if you like what you heard hit subscribe leave a review and um if you want to see what crazy antics i'm getting into follow me on instagram and twitter and as always guys keep calm stay creepy